Good morning. Crowds rolling in different parts of the day. Uh, my name is Joe Kate. I'm the minister here at Memorial, and we're so grateful that you're here today. If you're a visitor today, we hope you will note it in the attendance register and give us any form of... Uh, that, see, that's what I love. They're welcoming, they're friendly. It's good times. Uh, it's a party in the back. Um, if you'll leave us any sort of contact information that you like, and we will try to contact you with that information. Let me give you a couple of announcements before we get started. We have exploring membership classes on the first Sunday of every month. We had one today at 10 a.m. And we invite anyone that has just recently joined all the way till um, this is our first day um, to come uh, to those exploring membership classes. And we encourage you to come next uh, first Sunday of the month in May. Um, we will have a big group joining again on Pentecost Sunday, which will be in May. And we'll have people uh, from that group that won't be joining that day um, uh, other days as well. We really want to emphasize the things that are truly important to us in these classes, and they give us a chance to share them uh, in a small group setting uh, with people interested in joining. The first Sunday dinner is um, this Wednesday. First Wednesday dinner is this Wednesday. Um, and you can sign up for the dinner in the attendance register if you'll just put your name out from the... Uh, 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 if you'll put dinner out from your name and the number of people that want to attend the dinner, if you make sure you note that um, as well. There'll be an email going out this week or in the morning with uh, the menu items uh, for the meal. Confirmation continued today in the social hall and I want you to pray for us this week because we will be going to Lake Junaluska for the confirmation retreat, which I'm really looking forward to. I'm grateful that um, we have the opportunity to do that. We start a new series today with Mission and Service. And in our new series, we're going to have a speaker from a service agency in our community, one speaker every week to encourage us to understand what that agency does and how we can help them. Um, some of the agencies you might not have heard of, some of them you've heard many times, and very much like scripture, when I tell you, when you hear a text you've heard before, it will sound, there will be a new twist on it today. Um, our first speaker today is Mike Malone. Mike's in the front, if you'll wait to the um, crowd. Mike's going to speak to us very briefly. He is from Faber Greenville, and they help people in recovery and families that are uh, surrounding that person in recovery and love. And Mike is going to speak to us today. Reverend Dennis Lee is preaching for us today as I'm coming back um, from New York, and I'm grateful for him for doing that. And if you have, uh, leave any other announcements. If you have anything that you want us to share in an announcement, if you'll just let us know, and uh, we'll make sure to do that. Let's begin our service.
Let us stand as we sing hymn 308. Let us now join in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified and buried. The third day. 
church, for the communion of saints, for the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Please be seated. Let me invite the children to come up now for children's moments. Next is Mike Malone. Mike, if you'll come up and share at this time um, about Faber Greenville. Hey, everybody. I actually wanted to come up for the children's program because I feel like a kid at heart. I felt really uncomfortable when nobody else was walking up there. Anyways, my name is Mike Malone and I'm the operations director at a place called Favor Greenville. Uh, and more importantly, I'd like to introduce myself as a person in long-term recovery himself. And uh, what that means for me today is that I haven't found it necessary to take a drink or a drug in a little bit over five years now. Uh, and that's afforded me a life, you know, beyond my wildest dreams, which is rich and full in all sorts of ways, including being able to be a son and a brother and a, a friend, a member of the community, a boyfriend. Uh, I get to have a cool job. My health is relatively good these days. My bank account actually has money in it and the law's off my back. And more importantly, I get to have this relationship with God that I always wanted and dreamed about, but was difficult to have in the life of an active addict. Uh, a little bit about favor real quick, and I think it's important to speak to that experience I've had because, you know, that's why I'm kind of in the position I'm in and I'm, I'm pretty passionate about the work, but I also want to make everybody feel comfortable with the idea of addiction as something that all of us either know about or maybe it's in our family or we could individually be struggling with it. And this certainly is a real issue today. Uh, within our community, within our families, and that we face as individuals. And FAVOR is, is an organization that can help with that. And I really appreciate the opportunity for Joe um, 
or that Joe gave me to come and speak about it today because I, th I do think we need to work together to sort of make our communities better and to learn to live well and that there is a better way of life. Uh, you know, churches specialize in helping people and giving people a community in ways that we at Favor don't, and we at Favor specialize in giving people a community and uh, services that we offer in, in a way that your church can't. Uh, we help families especially and individuals specifically with all sorts of services. We have support groups, uh, we have a huge volunteering program, we have intervention services, one-on-one -on -one recovery coaching, we have activities that we plan every month trying to engage people uh, in fun kind of stuff and a, a sober way of life that shows us there is more in recovery than just, you know, giving up old habits and not having fun anymore. Uh, it's, it's been, it's been, uh, I just want to speak candidly about how wonderful it is to, you know, be on the front lines of working with people on a daily basis with the things that are real and the things that are challenging and how rewarding it can be to come together in the spirit of just living a better way of life. And this is a process, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. People that are struggling with addiction or families that are struggling with addiction don't, don't just get better because they came to one favor meeting or we referred them to a treatment agency or maybe they've got a 12-step meeting schedule. Okay, this is a, a long-term sort of engagement in continuing to get educated, continuing to support ourselves, continuing to support the loved ones that struggle in a way that really does give us a fighting chance. We, we have favor believe addiction is a disease, it's a brain disease. Uh, ultimately, it's not really our fault for having it in the same way it's not a person's fault for having diabetes or cancer. And it is treatable in the same way that diabetes or cancer is treatable, but you know, the treatment doesn't always take. Sometimes it takes multiple recovery exposures to really get any kind of traction, and sometimes people with multiple recovery exposures don't recover. But we do the work anyways. And I really want people to try and embrace this idea that it's, it's, it's nothing to be ashamed of to have a disease, and it's nothing to be ashamed of to have this in your family, and it's nothing to be ashamed of to know somebody you know that's struggling with this. And we don't want to talk about these things because they're difficult to talk about. But they are real and they are happening and it's amazing the kind of recovery and the kind of life change that's possible if we just do open ourselves up to talking about it. So I really encourage y'all to learn more about Favor and maybe get involved if you're interested. We'd love to uh, receive your time, talent, and treasure. And we would love to have the opportunity to help anybody out in this congregation or anybody y'all know um, receive our services. We have a really cool website, favorgreenville.org, where you can learn more. You're welcome to come by the facility anytime. We're open Monday through Friday from 9 to 8. We're on Woodruff Road. We're on the good side of Woodruff Road, though. Don't get freaked out. Kind of right there at the Lawrence intersection in a place called the Highland Business Center. And you can certainly give us a phone call. Our, our phone number is listed on the website. Um, I went to a funeral yesterday, and I just want to talk about this because it's important to address the reality of it without being too depressing. But one of our volunteers that's been engaged with us for over three years now, her son died of an overdose uh, in Florida on Easter Sunday. He's only 21 years old. And if you honestly ask yourself on the other side of hearing that information, do I know somebody who's affected by prescription drug addictions or uh, street drug addictions or alcoholism? I'm pretty sure you probably do. And, you know, if we can't 
honestly talk about this stuff and if we can't really reach out our hand in, in the spirit of you know what it means to be a Christian and support somebody then things are never going to change and they're never going to get better uh, and in the spirit of Easter you know the, the, the story of the resurrection doesn't only give us hope about you know what the meaning of life is and the life of Jesus and what we have to look forward to but it also gives us a principle to, to live by that is resurrection is possible for all of us who struggle with things and uh, Favor would love to help out those that are struggling with this specific thing and I appreciate y'all so much for giving me the opportunity to come and I, I look forward to you know continuing to work together in the community across agencies to help each other I really believe in synergy um, thanks a lot Joe thanks a lot everybody that's all I got I'll be at the back at the end with some brochures and some cards and some wristbands if anybody wants to specifically ask me questions or carry something away with them. Okay. First scripture reading this morning is found on page 979 of your pew Bibles. Um, it is Psalm 145, verses 1 through 7. I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us now turn our hearts to the Lord in prayer. Gracious God, we praise you for your creation, especially for the beauty of the world of nature around us. We worship you and look to you as the God of all wisdom and power and love. We also look to you as the God of justice and fairness and mercy and peace. We praise your name for you alone are holy. And in the presence of your goodness, we are very much aware of our own sinfulness. We confess our slowness to learn of Christ, for we are people who want to be loving but often fail. Give us the courage to put ourselves in your hands and accept the forgiveness and freedom that come only from you. We pray, O oh Lord, for those who are in need. We remember the sick, the depressed, 
the anxious. Heal and strengthen them, we pray. We remember also those who grieve this day, whatever the loss. And we pray that they will be comforted by the presence of your Holy Spirit. Help us, O oh God, in all things to look to you for guidance. By your Spirit, show us the right path to take each day, whether at work or home, at school, in the community. Lead us, we pray. All this we ask through Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught the disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let's continue to worship now as we give our tithes and offerings.
please be seated. scripture lesson is found in Acts chapter 4, verses 32 to 37. It's found in the Pew Bibles beginning on 1697. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of, of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons among them, for from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold the field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, Easter is now past, isn't it? The signs are all around us. I've seen some of the lilies that are beginning to wilt and uh, turn brown. And many of the schools resume classes tomorrow. And about all that's left in the children's Easter egg baskets are chocolate crumbs. Uh, so uh, Easter has come and gone. But when we, when we read the New Testament, we see that for the followers of Jesus, Easter never ended. Since Jesus was raised from the dead on Sunday, those early Christians changed their day of worship to Sunday. They celebrated the resurrection of Jesus every Sunday. So every Sunday was a little Easter. So in the weeks following Easter, the resurrection story didn't peter out. It was just building up ahead of steam. After that initial shock of the resurrection wore off, the disciples began slowly to understand the meaning of all that had happened. And they didn't settle back into their old habits or old customs. They would never be the same again. Their Lord wasn't a burned-out meteor, after all. He was a living presence. God had done a new thing. The world was forever changed. And new meaning was found in everything, even in pain and suffering. That could be viewed... <coughs> from a different perspective after the resurrection. Today's scripture reading 
gives a remarkable description of an early group of Christian followers. Let me read again from verse 32. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. Now that's hard to believe, isn't it? Everything they owned was held in common. The scripture cites the example of Barnabas who owned a piece of real estate, a field, and he went and sold it and gave the income to the apostles. And those apostles used the money to help anyone who was in need. That sounds something like a description of what we might call communal living. But it um, was unlike any communes, past or present, that I'm aware of. Their plan of shared living that is recorded there in Acts was not the result of some theory of economics or politics, nor was it uh, some rebellion against society. It was the result of a new feeling, a new spirit that was in their midst, the spirit of Christ. And it worked within those followers to change their attitudes and convince them to share for the benefit of one another. The spirit of the risen Christ that guided those early disciples also guides us. Easter for us is not just one day of celebration either. We too remember the meaning of Easter. The resurrection faith finds expression in all that we do as individuals and all that we do as a church. As an example, I think about how the spirit of Christ, the spirit of Easter, motivates us in mission. Through the apportionments, which is a big part of our benevolent giving, we're touching the lives of people all over the world in the name of Christ. And in addition to that, there are individuals in our congregation who volunteer in various agencies in our local communities. And do we do all that because the bishop or the district superintendent or the pastor says we ought to? No. Mission is something we can't help but do. The love of Christ compels us to reach out to others. The early disciples set the standard. In verse 33 of our lesson, we find these words. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. So after the resurrection, the disciples, as we have mentioned, did not just fade away. Today, the church exists because of them. Their little community of faith gradually grew in the weeks and months and years after the resurrection. And then 
today, centuries later, the church has grown and stretches around the globe. So Easter as an annual calendar event, yes, uh, that's come and gone. But Easter as a spirit that moves us, it continues. The resurrection of Jesus, that was a one and only kind of event. But testimony or witness to the resurrection, now that's something else. It goes on and on. We see the Spirit of Christ at work where? We see it in people's lives who are changed. We see it in people who are forgiving each other, who are loving each other, who are encouraging each other. All of those things are testimonies to the resurrection. Joe has mentioned that over the next several weeks there will be an emphasis on the service agencies in our community and I think that's particularly appropriate in the weeks after Easter and I think that because it leads us to ask what new ways can we witness to the risen Christ? I knew that Mike Malone was going to be here to talk briefly today about Favor Greenville. So this week I began to wonder, how are we responding to individuals with addiction? What are we doing as a church? What are we doing as individuals? Let me make some suggestions from my own experience. Our response can begin by noting, as Mike did, uh, addiction is a disease. And it can happen to any of us. You can be addicted to drugs or alcohol or work or money or pornography or food or anything. And the factors that contribute to those things are many and they are varied. What we need to know is that the condition of addiction is not a pleasant one. Persons going through it acknowledge that along with it is hurt, there is loneliness, and there is often a sense of desperation. What then is a faithful Christian response to persons experiencing addiction? I would suggest two words, caring and support. We can care and we can support. What does that look like? What can a church do? Well, for one thing, we can make sure that we provide a safe and welcoming place here for anyone to come to. 
For another thing, we can give financial support to agencies that are seeking to help folks in recovery. But what would my support as an individual look like? Well, I think it means letting a person know that we will be there for them, that he or she is not alone. It means walking together, it means crying together, uh, laughing together, it means having or building a one-on-one relationship. And that may make us a little uncomfortable, but we're told that recovery is communal. Seldom if ever can anyone recover alone. We know that uh, from experience, the journey to recovery can be long and it can be difficult. It's a moment by moment process. Ups and downs uh, are guaranteed. On the road to recovery, someone might slip back a couple of times, or seven times, or 13 times, or more. But the important thing to note is during those times of slippage, we are to encourage. We're to be there. To believe that with God, one can begin again. Begin anew. Furthermore, we believe that God is always with us wherever we are, in whatever condition, whatever situation we find ourselves. God is there, and that's something we need to try to communicate. And one other thing I think needs to be said. We Christians are people of hope. Sometimes things appear hopeless. But we're people of hope. And it's not the, oh, everything's going to be all right kind of hope. It's a hope that's grounded in God and in God's love for each of us. It's a hope that never dies. It's a hope that we want to share with others. And that hope for every person in recovery is healing. Healing of the body, healing of the mind, healing of the spirit, healing of relationships. We believe in that hope. An issue of Guidepost magazine some time back included a moving story about a man whose wife had died in a Boston hospital the night before. And the next day the man got on a train to ride back to his empty home in Trenton, New Jersey. The train was slowly filling when a young woman came in and took the seat next to him. And with a thick tongue, 
the man said, Miss, perhaps you need to take another seat. You see, I've been drinking ever since my wife died last night. And the young woman was startled. She got up, moved to the front of the car. And the train began to move. And after a moment or two, the man saw the woman get up. She turned and came back and reoccupied the seat next to him. Nothing was said. They rode on in silence. But just before getting off of the train car there in New York, the young woman reached over and took the man's hand and just squeezed it gently. That's all she did, but the man said he's never forgotten that act of compassion by that woman to him, a stranger. And it helped lift his spirits at a time when he was in deep despair. I suggest to you that that was a witness to the resurrection. That was Christ, the risen Lord, at work on a railroad car. And Christ is at work today, and he's at work through you and me. Whether we are serving at the soup kitchen, or working at Greer Relief, or Meals on Wheels, or Favor Greenville, or a hundred other agencies. When we show compassion, when we show concern for others, we're bearing witness to the power of the risen Christ. So be it. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, we rely on your spirit to enable us to be your witnesses. We pray that you will use us as your willing instruments. May what we say and especially what we do reflect the love of Christ in whose name we pray. Amen. Let us stand and sing hymn 432.